Starting late again. All right. V'seder. Ruchim Aboyim B'Shem Hashem. Pashas Chayesara. Chof Marcheshven. Chof Marcheshven, as you know, marks the birth of the Rebbe Rashab. There are stories of the Rebbe Rashab that are very, very inter- intriguing. The birth of the Rebbe Rashab took place, as we know, his mother had a dream, to which, to which the dream... The grandparents came, Mitla Rebbe and his wife, and she told him, she told the Mitla Rebbe's mother, the Mitla Rebbe's wife said, you should write a sefer the Mitla Rebbe said, you're going to have a son, and he said, don't forget my name, don't leave out my name. The Rebbe Rashab, in his own way, had his approach to Afat Samayonis Chutza. One of the famous stories when he came to the room, a shrine, where the Kaiser sat and signed his first decree. And he came into the room and there was a desk set up with the ink, with the, the feather papers, this is the place where he signed the decree, and this is the pen he used to write the decree, etc., etc. The Rashab said, this is a beautiful place to start writing Maimer. And he sat down, the Hashem, they wrote a whole Maimer, Hashem wrote a whole Sefer, where he began the Kuntr, the Hemshech uh, Samach Vov over there in that room. The Rashab also, as we know, is the founder of the Yeshiva, and we know how he derived the name of Tem Chetmimim. During our Tareses, it says Tem Chetmimim Meshiyana. What does he want? Wants to buy the house? Tem Chetmimim Meshiyana. So that is a proper name for yeshiva, in which they learn nigla and nister, the combination of nigla and teda, a previous teda, learning of chassidus together with nigla, which pretty much at that time, till up at that time, people were very confused how do they do the two, how do they juggle the two, and of course the major antagonism till today against learning Chassidus with the concern that it's taking away from the actual limud of Teda the actual understanding Chachma of Teda of Nigla of Gemara Farshim, Shachnarach by learning Sichas just for the record if you learn Sichas from the Rebbe you will find out that you will be endowed with a very vast knowledge of Shas, Paskin. The quotes that the Rebbe brings down, the Maramekemis um, alone, can make you a London. Not to say you don't have to learn Gemara. Obviously, you have to learn Gemara, you have to learn Farshim, you have to learn Shkhanarach. 
You have to learn the bare knuckles, Chumash. Um, just to repeat a word, of course, that we heard tonight, because that's traditional, that uh, someone is going to give me something to say so that I have to repeat it. It says, brought down from the Zayra Kodesh. My cousin told me. Let's take the numerical value of the word Vayihu. Vov is 6, Yud is 16, 10 is 16, Hey is 5 is 21, Yud is 10 is 31, and Vav is 6 is 37. Vayihu Chayisara. Sarah was 90 years old, giving birth to Yitzchak Avinu. Yitzchak Avinu lived 37 years. On the day of the Akedah, his mother passes away. When was that main stay life of Sarah, the 37 years? Honestly, truthfully, excuse me, truthfully, there's a little bit of an issue, a little bit of a problem that we have involved here. Sarah had a life. Ups and downs, trials, tribulations, being in Akara is no simple thing. Barren for so many years, 90 years. And yet we say, Chayi Sarah, she a beautiful life. Amazing. Beautiful. She was young looking, energetic. What is the Chayi Sarah? The Chayi Sarah is the life of Sarah of Thomas Sarah. <laughs> Pay a little tribute to Rabbi Herschel Fuchs. The year that was a bucky vishas. A goinotsen. Very, very, very humble. Lama Dardiki. Taught children in Yeshiva. He also ran the Gemilis Chesed. Ken. Ken. I don't know what it's called. Ken. Yikes. Pardon me. But Shayid can't learn. And he says a story. It's only apropos for Chav Cheshvan on a day that uh, the Babaji Yeshiva was Miyasid and a day that we need to raise funds for the Yeshiva, which are very, very direly needed for those listening from far and near. Yeshiva is in very, very bad straits. We have a building over 40 years old and uh, ultimately a lot of surprises crop up from the building. And uh, we just got hit now with a very big one in the, the sewer system. He said a very beautiful thought in the fundraising field. There was a Malamed who was teaching Chumash. And the children were asked to study the Psukim. They were learning Chayasara. 
But the Mulamid was sitting there while the little children were chazring. And he never started to float. His mind started to go wandering. Where was his mind wandering? The mortgage, the electric bill, the phone bill, the gas bills. When does it ever end? When does it ever end? I haven't been paid in weeks, and they owe me so much money, but I can't leave the yeshiva. What do I do? What do I do? Kitzer, the little kindelach, were learning the Chumash, and they don't know anything about the Rebbe's daigis apanosa and daigis of nachas and kinder. The Lee has a question on the word Vatamos. What does it mean? And he steps up and he stands next to his Malabinus, his Rebbe, Vatamos. His Rebbe never is oblivious. He's in a different world. He says a little louder, Rebbe, Vatamos. <laughs> poor teacher is so involved, so, so deep, the poor, poor soul, tortured soul. Finally, the child, little anxious, Nancy, pulls on his Rebbe's jacket, Deck and Kapata. Rebbe Vatomos, ha? Huh? Wakes up from his. He says, Rebbe Vatomos, and he smiles at the Yingle, and he says, Vatomos, Unziet gestorben, and she died. Child goes back to his seat, and the Rebbe goes back to his thoughts. But the child comes to the next word, Sora, and doesn't know what it means. So he returns a few minutes, seconds later, but his Rebbe is once again already concentrating and thinking on who knows what. And he says again, Rebbe, Sara, no response. Rebbe, Sara, again no response. Finally again, he pulls on his Rebbe's jacket, Rebbe, Sara, and the Rebbe says, Sara, ha? And Sarah and Sarah passed away. Child shakes his head in bewilderment. Rebbe says, "What's the matter, Yingle? Ich nicht. I don't understand. Yisnayu. Thomas means she died. Sarah means she died. What's going on over here? No, no, no. Now he's already in trouble because he's confused his child to no end. Thomas. The Taich Igishtarbin, Thomas, the translation died. Boy starts to cry. He says, Vos Vainst, why are you crying? He says, What do you mean, why am I crying? Thomas died. Sora died. The translation died. Who's living already? So the Pasik Vatomas Sora, when a Rebbe is so fatracht and fachalm, Nebuch, with Daigas Apanasa, so they wish to help in the Schus. Of the Rebbe Rashab, all Daigus Hapanasa from all Rebbe's and all Melamdim, all Yeshivas and all Maestas, Taras Akedish and all Shluchim worldwide, representing the Rebbe, should never have a moment's thought, a moment of unpleasantness thinking about how would I pay my next bill and how do I come about, how do I fix what I have to fix. So that's the uh, appeal for the night on the uh, Rebbe Rashab's birthday. What happened over here? He fell out. Let's try to put him back.
What is Chaya Sara? Chaya Sara means the life of Sara, as we said before, and then it goes to Vatama Sara, Sara died. Why call the Pasha Chaya Sara, the life of Sara? It should be talking about the death of Sara. Let's look at the Tera. Let's look into what the Tera tells us and how do we know what the Tera is saying? Because the Mechamish the Mikra learned it this way. How does the Mechamish the Mikra know what it says? Because Rashi says it. This paid Sarah Velev Rashi, that he came to eulogize Sarah and to cry for her. The Torah brings close, reads, writes closely and states closely the passing of Sarah adjacent to the Akedah of Yitzchak. Because of the news, the notification of the Akedah, Says Rashi, Shemiz Damim Beno, the Shkita, that the son was brought for Shkita, who came out, Shalei Nishchat, and almost was not shechted, Parcha Nishmasa Mimeno, Mesa, her Nishama flew out, and she passed. The Biurei Maharai says a person came to Sarah. Said that a son was being prepared for slaughter and planned on telling her that he was saved the last minute. Before he had a chance, her soul flew out. My son is being shechted, gewalten, yishrigen. The Nachas Yaakov says, Why does Rashi tell us here that the account of Sarah's passing was after that Kedis Yitzchak? Surely. This should have been the first Pasuk, not the second. Rashi was troubled. Because it says Avram came to eulogize Sarah and to weep over her. Why did Terah state that he had to come from somewhere? So Rashi concludes, the Pasuk is talking about the Medrash. The Medrash says that Avram was coming from the Akedah, which caused Sarah to pass. So therefore it does not go in the first Pasuk, but it has to be rather in the next Pasuk. It was, Where was he coming from? He was coming from the Akedah. That's why Rashi only waits to here to explain this. The Rechayim HaKadosh says, It's not clear whether Sarah died before her time, Sarah's usual death, her usual death on hearing the news of Akedah, could have been after how many years she had to the halat of the years. But someone can understand that this something, this uh, such an item, could cause a person to pass away. It makes sense. Why do people keep falling off this cork? I know. All right, I'm putting you back. I put you back. Okay, you're back.
Yo, what's going on here? Uh-uh. You're not back. It's a problem with your internet there, buddy. Are you back? I can't tell. Okay. Sarah was a very devoted Yiddish mama. And as a very devoted Yiddish mama, had one intention in life and only one intention. That her child should be a nice Yiddish kind. Should be a nice Jewish boy. Should raise, she should raise him the way she's supposed to raise him. Go to any craftsman and tell the craftsman you didn't create something right. They're not happy. Yimara tells us a story of a Tana that approached an ugly person and said to him, you know, you are ugly. And he says to him, don't talk to me, talk to my creator. Talk to the one who created me. You have a complaint? Talk to him. He did it. I didn't make me. So in other words, to create, you got to create it right. you got to do it right. Sarah is sitting there, back home, and she knows that Avram left on this heroic episode with her beautiful son, her only child, her only son, because we're going to soon discuss there was another child. And he went to bring him as a sacrifice. The Sultan came along. He loves to mess up these things. And he says, Sarah, where's Avram? She says, he went out. Where did he go? He went. Where's Yitzchak? He went with him. And there's a whole dialogue, says the Medrash, what went on back and forth. And he says, look, I want to show you. And he stretches her neck so that she can see up by the mountain. Some say even that when he saw she saw him lifting the knife, she died, passed away. Oh my gosh, people keep falling out of the picture here tonight. What is going on here? Bottom line, what we see from here is that no, she heard from the Sultan. Avraham killed Yitzchak. Almost. So now the, the real Ben Chomish Mikra understands that he fooled her and he said to her, Avraham killed Yitzchak. She passed away. Till he finished the word almost, she was gone. But that's not what Rashi says. Rashi teaches the Ben Chomish Mikra something different. Yes, he was brought for Shechita, but Ukimat, almost Shechita, it was not Shechita. This is what caused Parcha Nishmasa. This is what upset Sarat beyond. My child is not fit to be a Karban for Hashem. This was something she could not take. And the pain was so severe. That Rahman al-Islam Parchin Shmasa.
Why does the Taylor go into this involved stories here? Why did Avram have to go through such torture to buy the Akedah, to buy the Marasa Machpeda, and the whole Shidduch business, and everything else that goes on? What's going on with all these hardships and troubles? There's a Gemara that tells us that when Alexander the Great conquered Etzisrael, conquered the world, he let the Eden live in Etzisrael. Now, needless to say, nobody was happy, of course. The Africans, the Canaan, the Canaanim, and the Ishmaelim, and the Mitzrayim, everybody came complaining and said, you got to get the Jews out, get them out, get them out. The Africans came and said, the land is called Eretz Canaan. <laughs> We're Canaanim, they're not Canaanim. <laughs> Reminds me when I came to Lubavitch, to the city of Lubavitch, I came to, to go to the Ale. And we get off the bus in Lubavitch, and the Russian peasants of the Belarus, it's white Russia, I come over to us and ask who we are. We say, we're Lubavitchers. They started to laugh. We say, we're the Lubavitchers. Kids said, oh my gosh. The kids, what happens here? The Canaanim complained that it belongs to Eretz Canaan. The Mitzrayim complained. Very interesting. The Jews left Egypt and they took riches beyond. They ripped us off. They wiped us out. They owe us the land. They owe us money. And finally Ishmaelim came and said, We were sons of Isaac of Avram also. It belongs to us, the land. And the Chum didn't know what to do. So finally, an Alta Yidl with a Hike, with a hunchback, a sweet, sweet Yidl, said to the Rabbanim, he says, Hetzel, you have a problem here, a dilemma. If you're going to go debate, you're likely to come up flat-footed. In the event that you come out flat-footed, it hasten that the Yidin don't have a real taina. They don't have any rights to the, to the land. Let me do the debate. If I win, I win. If I don't win, he just snuck in. We didn't tell this guy with a hunchback to come in here and talk for us. Now we have, to, we have more time to think through answers. So the Chalm will ask him, now what? He says to the Africans, he says, my dear African friends, my brothers, do you know that Canaan is considered an Evid, a slave? Mashikan Evid Kanarabe? A slave doesn't have anything of his own rights, whatever he owns belongs to his master. And therefore, 
Yes, the land is that land. It's Canaan, but since Canaan is our slave, therefore, the land belongs to us. So that was Canaan. So Canaan said. So the king said, "No, you people have an answer. I give you three days." In three days, they were gone. They didn't show up. The Mitzrayim, he said, "Listen here, you're right. We took a lot of money, but let's take a chesed." Yeah, there were six hundred thousand Jews. You were there for four hundred ten years. Four hundred ten years working on a constant basis. It was only the men six hundred thousand between twenty and sixty. There were also children slave laboring, and there was also women slave laboring. So let's say a couple of million people are slave laboring for you, an average of, uh, let's say, $2 an hour. They worked about 18-hour days. That's uh, $36 a day. 360 days a year, plus 410 years. Uh -uh, I don't think we took enough. So you better stop paying up the rest. So he asked him, and see him, no, what do you have? He said, well, give us three days. In three days, they were gone. And the Ishmaelim were quoted the Pasuk that says everything was given to Yitzchak. Now at this point, everybody had nothing to say and the Jews lived happily in the land. Pachazah to that, similar to that, in the time of the Tzar, in the time of the Tzalach Tzedek, there was a problem called anti-Semites. Now the worst anti-Semites, of course, were the Jews. The Jewish anti-Semites are worse than the anti-Semites. And there's one such anti-Semite that came up with a story, conjured up a story, that the Gemara... The Gemara is a blasphemous book. And the Gemara is not just blasphemous, but the, even worse than that, the Gemara talks about the terrible things that the non-Jews do, and how terrible the non-Jews are. And therefore, we see from there that the Jews are only looking to attack the non-Jews. And he says, I'm willing to debate this. No. So three representatives from the Jewish nation. One representative was Rabbi Yitzchak Velazhin. Another representative was Rabbi Halperin, and the third was the Semach Tzedek. 
And this guy got up. This guy got up. And he said, the Gemara says, Tev Shebe'akum Hareg. The best of the Yidin, of the Goyim, are to be killed. And this it says in the Gemara, it's a quote from the Gemara. And he started to scream and to yell and to point fingers. And he screamed, rant, and raved about the Jews, how it says in the Gemara that the best of the Goyim have to be killed. After he finished his rant, the Tsar said, does anybody have a refute, a rebuttal? Some ascetic poked Rabbi Yitzchak Voloj and said, go ahead, you answer. Rabbi Yitzchak Voloj got up and said, it says in the Gemara, Tev Sheba Akum Ketoil, which also means to kill. But he translated it, the Tev of the Akum, which is the best Akum, Katoil means Catholicus, the Catholics. It doesn't say that. So they brought a Gemara, and lo and behold, it said that in Gemara. Tev Sheba Akum Ketoil. No, this apostate was thrown out of his head. When they left, Yisroch Velozhin asked the Tzavatzedek, "What was that? Honestly, you and I both know there's no such gemara that says katel. Where did that come from?" Tzavatzedek says, "I don't know. It must have been printed mistake. Mm. One gemara has to have a mistake." Okay. So he says to him, Aha, but you must have planted that in my mind. He says, eh, Could be. So he asked Samasadik, So why didn't you yourself say it? Let me get the exact Lushan one second. 
Why didn't you yourself say it? Tzedek replied, because I don't want to say that a guy is good. And according to the Russian, saying that would mean that saying that the guy is good, and I didn't want to say that a guy is good. So therefore, Taib Shabakum is not by me. I'm not going to say anything good about him. Another little story that actually I believe was printed once in the Jewish press. A young fellow, I don't remember his last his name, Jerry something, nice Jewish boy, was rising the corporate ladder, was making money, working, ambitious. He was really getting there. He's getting places, social ladder, financial. One day, he started feeling some excruciating pains. And the pain was so horrific, he didn't know what to do. They went to a doctor. And Achmar al they found out that he had Yana Maisa. Lost But he was wealthy, he had money. He hired the best, he went to the best, he went to the best doctors, he went to the best. And they took care of it. They took care of it, and he was, Baruch Hashem, his money paid. Months went by, pain-free, and lo and behold, after four or five months, the pain was back. The pain came back, and now what do you do? He goes again to the doctors, It's possible that it says Katoli, not Katol. And this is how I remember the story of Hareg. Anyway. If it is, I apologize. The kids of this fellow came back again to the same hospital, the same doctors. He looked for the same doctors, but the professor that had performed his surgery last time was out of town and won't be back for two weeks. But the other doctors that were present conferred and they said, there's nothing to talk about. You don't have time. You have to take care of this immediately. Have to take care of it immediately, but I want that doctor, but that doctor is not available. So they sent the x-rays to the doctor wherever he was. And he also confirmed that it must be done immediately. No. Surgery has to be done. And they brought in a different professor. They wheel him in, like any other surgery, semi-conscious, and they put him under the rest of the anesthesia in the room, and they're operating. This is a very severe operation. They had to keep him under because it was extremely painful. They had to Rahman al-San cut off parts, cut away pieces. In the middle of the operation, 
He starts to feel he's awake. He's waking up. And he opens his eyes and he sees everybody's around him. I don't know if you ever imagine showing yourself lying on an uh, operating table. <laughs> what it must look like, all the surgeons and all the people with these masks and these gloves and these hats and these heads. It's a sight. And you're lying there not knowing what's, going to, what's happening with you. And here this fellow's open like a fish. Oh, you should write through the internet. This fellow's lying there open like a fish. And he's awake. He wakes up and he sees the doctors. But one person that doesn't belong in this operating room is standing at the foot of the table. The Lubavitcher Rebbe. The Rebbe is standing in the operating room, in the surgery. And the Rebbe says to him, tell your surgeon that if he starts putting on film every day, his daughter will get better. And he says, Okay. I'll tell him. And the Rebbe leaves. The nurse heard him talking. The nurse heard him talking and said, whoa, 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 he can't wake up. And she tells the doctor, the doctor, I think he's waking up. He's talking. She says, well, you better give him more anesthesia quick. And he says, wait. I need to tell the surgeon something. And the surgeon leans over and he tells the surgeon, did you ever hear of the Lubavitcher Rebbe? He says, yes. The Lubavitcher Rebbe told me to tell you that if you put on tefillin every day, your daughter will become better. And he went back to sleep. Hours later, he wakes up in the recovery room. And the shocked doctor, who just a few hours before was lying, was standing on top of a patient with his whole kishkas out, talking to him, which is something he's obviously never seen, a phenomenon that's beyond his belief. <clears throat> Asked the patient, "Did you do you know what happened?" He says, "No. You have no recollection." He says, "I have no recollection." Is what I do. And I will tell you what happened. He said, Achman al-Atlan said the doctor, he has a very sick daughter. And there's no, doctors can't find any kind of cure for it. Not he, not any of his friends. Not any of his associates, the biggest and the greatest. And he's at a loss, he doesn't know what to do. That morning, of your surgery, he says. I was such despair that for the first time in my life, since I was by mitzvah, if anything, I decided to pray. And I just sat and prayed. And then you told me a message from the Lubavitcher Rebbe about the power of prayer. I immediately went out and bought a pair of tefillin.
And the doctor began to put on filling daily. And the child began to recover its health. Till the child ultimately recovered completely. Our patient Jerry recovered completely. And the doctor's Yiddishkeit recovered completely. We see therefore in these stories, sometimes we have to go through certain trials, tribulations, certain bumps in the road to achieve what we need to achieve. And Avram Avinu, the jet setter, after all the ten tests and after all that he did, and everything that he went through, Avram still does not have easy street and he has to come even to bury his wife. He has to also go through putting up with a fellow like Ephraim. Ephraim was a very, very cunning fellow, to say the least. He was Ayana Kevraman in And if we look at the dialogue that goes on here between Ephraim and Avram Avinu, spoke to the Bnei Ches and told him his issue. The Bnei Ches said, okay, you got to go back, you got to go talk to. Finally finds Ephraim. Ephraim sitting with the Bnei Ches. Ephraim was a Chiti, not from Bnei Ches. He says, no, 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 I'll give it to you. Please, you want it, take it. Very interesting Lashon. I will give to you for a gift, in front of everybody. I will give it to you. Bury your dead. And then again he says later, bury your dead. Ephraim had only one interest to bury the dead, bury Jews. Interesting, Beni Ben between you and me. They had something in common, says Rashi. Ben Shnea Evim Kamenu. Two people that love Shuvah Leklum. This is nothing. <laughs> what did they love? They loved each other. Let's get real. Avram loved Ephraim. Ephraim loved Avram. Two people full of love. Avram said, listen, I love the land because I know how holy it is. You love money. So you have a love, I have a love. I'll give you my your love, you give me my love, and I'm going to invite All Ephraim was interested in is Meishachver. To bury Jews, Rahman So what happens? Vayidaber al Ephraim speaks to Ephraim, but Ozne Amoretz Lamer, in the ears of the Amoretz. And where did the money go through? Vayishkal Ram Ephraim is a Kesev, Vashidib Ozne Rechais, Abame Shekel, Ever la Seicher. Standard currency, it was accepted. 
Ephraim was a sly fellow, as we said. And was not interested in looking like a fool. Here he's telling everybody, in front of everybody, it's a gift, it's a gift, Avram, please take it, please, I love you. Avram knew that if he takes it as a gift, he's going to pay for it later, sooner or later anyway. And also he didn't want any gifts from Ephraim. But mainly he wanted to make sure I paid top dollar for this, there should be no debates. Don't refute. So Ephraim says now, I already said I'm giving as a gift. How am I going to take money? So Ephraim went to a merchant and he says, Listen, Slushne. Listen to me. Tishmat, Tov. I told Avram I'm giving this as a gift. I can't give it as a gift. I want money for it. I'm going to say he has to deal with you now. When he comes to you, you're going to tell him, listen, Ephraim owes me 400 shekel. Pay me the 400 shekel, Ephraim will be happy, I'll be happy. So, and then he says, Ephraim, and when you get the 400 shekel, give it to me. So the fellow, Ibn al went over from one Seicher to the other, and he gave it to the Seicher, he gave it to the middleman, and the middleman gave the money to Ephraim. We look still, it's very interesting and very difficult because I really wanted to talk about the Shidduch, the plate switching. The Methodist tells us how Eliezer came to eat. They gave Eliezer food. The Pasuk says, very strange Lushan. He hears, of course, that Eliezer is here and Eliezer has gifts, Eliezer has money. Gave them water to drink, to wash their feet. And he puts in front of Eliezer food. Eliezer says, Sorry, I'm not eating. In the Barti Devarei, I tell you my words. But is a speak, and he tells him the story, who I am, what I'm here for. Then at the end of it, after repeating the entire story, because as we know, the Taylor considers stories so choshev of the obvious that repeats even the story here. Says the Pasuk, Sorry. When he finally hears the whole story, Pasuk tells us that he sits down and he feeds everybody the food. What was the change of heart? Before he only fed him, and now he wants to feed everybody. Eliezer describes to him how rich his master is. Eliezer describes how much money is involved here in the Shidduch. Ephraim, uh, excuse me, 
Upon hearing this, hearing the type of money Eliezer is bringing here, Besuah got nervous. And he was worried that he's going to lose the deal. He only fed Eliezer. Eliezer is going to go back and say how cheap he is. So I don't want to cheat Mechutten. And he'll change his mind. So at this point he says, Oh, now that I heard your whole story, and I heard that you're here for a shidduch, and I heard that I'm getting gifts, and we're getting a bit rich Mechutten, that point he says, I better make sure you get enough food. Also, he says to him, He says, I will not eat from the food because I'm Eved Avram. As Eved Avram, I'm a very loyal Eved Avram, and as an Eved Avram, I only eat kosher. I'm meticulously kosher. And therefore, I can't trust your kashas that you're serving me. Returning to the beginning very quickly, Basic tells us a very strange lashon. Now you know, of course, the famous story of the fellow that came to the cemetery. His family. Unfortunately, they were ignoramuses and nobody knew how to read. And even if they knew how to read, it wouldn't help them because they didn't have a siddur. But they did know one thing. Now when you come to the grave on the outside, you have to make a mullah. They didn't know what a mullah was. They remembered that because you had a mullah. <laughs> drove into the Jewish cemeteries in El site. You have these old men that sit by the gates with their sitter up. They hold up the sitter. Tell you, I can say a mullah for you. For all the non-religious people that come in, they can't say molly. Kel molly rachamim. So they're standing there, they're waiting. So there's one such case, they asked the man to come over and he said, how much did you charge for a Kel Malir So he says, there's different prices. Different prices. He says, open eyes, with closed eyes, with tears, without tears, they all rank different prices. But generally... If Avraham Avinu heard that his wife passed away, immediately he should be crying. But the Pasuk doesn't say that. First he eulogizes, and then he cries. And the word of Elifkesa is written with a small chaf in the middle, not the regular size. What's going on over here? First of all, if we take out from the word Kaisa, the word the little letter Chaf, it spells the word Ulevita to the daughter. Farshim tell us that Avramavina had also a daughter who passed away together with Sarah when Sarah passed away now. And therefore this by the Sarah Ulevita. He made a Sarah for, he made a husband for both Sarah and for the daughter.
But the truth is, also, the main thing was the lispid, and the lifkesa that wasn't too long. What happened here? Why was he not crying for Sarah? First, and tell us, according to one opinion, Akedis Yitzchak took place on Yom Kippur. So this was Yud Tishrei. It took three days to travel back to Yitzchak, back to home, Yud Aleph, Yud Beis, and Yud Gimel. When was this Leviah on Yud Aleph, on Erev Sukkis? Erev Sukkis was the Leviah, there was no time to cry, you know how to cry on Yom Tif. So therefore, this bit, the Sada of the Kesa, the Kesa was a very short time. Shtak does not cry at all. We learn from later by Beirach's Avram Bakil that he had Hakil. The fact that he was with Yitzchak, Bakil is Gematria Ben, 52. Yitzchak was always with him. Usually it says that a father can do for children, children can't do for the father. But Yitzchak was by his side all the time, and this made him Bakil, this gave him everything. And other Mepharshim say that the Bita, the daughter's name, was Bakil. Alright. Beikir. We know that Ephraim starts off with the Beni Ben Chomahi. And we said uh, prior to the year we mentioned before that Ephraim and Avram are both five letters and the middle letters are Reish. And he says the Beni Ben Cha, 200 for me and 200 for yours. And it's 400. Beni Ben Cha, Mahi. The main thing is that it should be Chaya Sara. We should live up to the life of the Sara. And we should like, bring the true Nachas that the Sara Imenu and our parents should see the true Nachas that we should be able to enjoy the Nachas. Stay with a day, Mashiach, you will submit to this Mashiach, stay with Mashiach, you can.